Welcome to our podcast, um, a podcast where we're going to discuss a little about a lot and maybe a lot about a little. Um, we are four guys from West Texas, and uh, this is our, our first show, our first show. I'm not sure what it takes to actually have a show, but it takes the other people to talk. <laughs> maybe our only show. We'll maybe. see. It may be. Uh, well, I'm let's, just hoping this one never gets published, personally. Yeah. So. Let's do this. Let's take just a minute. Uh, to introduce ourselves, uh, and, and why don't we do this? Why don't we introduce ourselves and then let our listeners know one thing about us that maybe we, we like or we like to do um, that may be perceived as a little bit off. Who wants to go first? A little weird, maybe, you know? I like the way you said listeners, plural, <laughs> so it's more than one, yeah. so I appreciate your optimism. Hello, Grandma and Bridget. That's who, that's who I expect. My grandmother and y'all's mom yes. um, will, will probably be our listeners, but that's okay. There's two of them. I'll go first. My name is Josh Lyles. Um, I like stationery. Now, hear me out. I like pens, and I have a collection of pencils and pocket notebooks uh, because... You can write things down today, and it will. It, and I think Albert Einstein did this. You write things down on paper so that you can read them a little bit later. And just the way the way that pen and paper <laughs> meet each other is is almost magical. Nobody else feels that way. Can I go next? <laughs> so wait, let me finish. Field notes and black wing pencils. Black wing pencils. They come out with this monthly subscription, and it's been a while since I've done that. But I do have a collection in my office of these pencils. Um, that are remarkable because you can erase them and use them again. They're remarkable. Uh, <laughs> and these pocket notebooks, pocket-sized notebooks, that will fit in your front pocket, your back pocket. I actually carry a wallet most days with a field notes notebook in there that I can jot some things down uh, on those. And so field notes, it's kind of like this cult following and also black wing pencils. Um, and then I like ink as well. So. I'll go next. My name's also Josh. I'm Josh Green. And I'm literally average at everything in life, but I'm exceptional at making fun of Josh about his stationery and his pencils. <laughs> and I do it as often as I can. So. I've written all of those insults down. <laughs> I have special notebooks dedicated toward you, so that's good. All right, tell us something about you. What, what is, was that? That was, surely wasn't yeah, your fun Yeah, that's fact. one of the best things about me, I think. Okay. I'm all right. 38. Oh, supposed to be weird. Got a bunch of kids. Um... I was a grandpa before I was 30. That's a good one. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Got two grandkids. We've involved in foster and adoptive care. Um, and so our family's very interesting. Uh, but we've got five boys in our home right now. And uh, we're busy, but we love it. My name is Randy Green. I am 40 years old, but I might as well be 80. I'm like a grouchy old man already. <laughs> um I don't have anything weird necessarily, but uh, I love cigars, and I don't care who knows it. I'll shout it from the rooftops. I like long cigars and short cigars and skinny cigars and fat cigars. Uh, I like them however they come. You know, I don't discriminate. I like them all. And so I love nothing more than sitting on my back porch, smoking cigars, watching the Cowboys, and I just want everybody to leave me alone. That's, uh, that's an ideal <laughs> few hours right there for me. Well, my name's Hunter Cox. Um, got a lovely wife named Lauren. Uh, we are in the process of adopting. Um, we have a potential match situation as we speak. 
on the first pod. Yeah, I don't, uh, that's breaking news in right the there. State of Florida, uh, really? possibly uh, hurricane displaced uh, the mother, so uh, potentially this coming week we'll know something uh, a little bit further. Um, but love golf. If you, you see me on the weekend, it's more than likely going to be on the golf course. Um, and weird, uh, I know this is going to be a shocker to most. I eat saltine crackers with Thousand Island dressing as a snack. Uh, I could be 65 years old. You sound like the old could, man now. Could be. It's a phenomenal snack. So if you haven't tried it, you know, give it a give it a whirl. With a snack like that, you may be on Lonely Island. I don't, I don't know. That's. I've never. I live with a don't 78-year-old woman, and I've never seen such don't a thing. Don't knock it until you try it. My wife's not 78. My grandmother is. <laughs> she lives with us, um, and it's a great situation. But that's, that's interesting. That's definitely interesting. I didn't know that. All right, well, now that you know a little bit about us, uh, I'll ask this question. Why a podcast? Anybody want to answer I that? I think that's an excellent question. <laughs> Uh, my official stance is that I'm against it. <laughs> Hunter, do you have an answer for that? I, I, I think we have a really good time on Wednesday lunches, and people need to hear our conversations. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with that. So uh, Hunter, Randy, and Josh have all been meeting together for lunch for years, right? I mean, three yeah. maybe. Yeah. I guess more than long one time, is years. Long, but, long time, yeah. Uh, and then I've, I moved here. Um, about a year and a half ago, and they were gracious enough to let me join uh, the lunch, and, and it just got worse from there. But uh, we do have a lot of fun. Uh, we check in on each other, um, and, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I always leave that lunch, no matter what my mood is, that day feeling good about things. Um, and so uh, we were maybe three weeks ago, a month ago, like, man, people need to hear the People need to hear this. They're missing out because it's, it's a little bit humorous. A little bit encouraging, um, and then not not really much else. But but it's it's a lot a lot of fun. And so why not a podcast, right? Everybody it used can do to it. be more structured lunches, and uh, that's got its place. But I think sometimes in life things are just heavy, and you're you know you're exhausted, and you're you know dealing with stuff, and you're you know got a lot of stuff on your mind, a lot of stuff on your heart, and. Uh, to be able just to come on Wednesdays and just have an hour where we kick back and laugh. And, uh, again, like you said, a little bit of encouragement along the way. And, um, there's always obviously love and respect amongst the group. Uh, but we also give each other a hard time and, uh, just like you said, leave those lunches really encouraged. And it actually does a lot for the soul. I think, you know, doesn't always have to be hyper spiritual, asking really deep, hard questions. Again, that's got its place, but just coming together and laughing for an hour is uh, extremely valuable, I think. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good word, and that's, well, like you said, there's a place for each of those things in our lunches, and so um, it's definitely a blessing to me. Hopefully hopefully this, this whole um, podcast, as long or as short as it may be, will be a blessing to other people as well. Um, and, and we may be a little bit pressed for time on this first one, trying to figure out how things work, and with what we're doing. So, so why don't we kind of uh, move forward, and, and I would like for each of us maybe to share something that's happening in life, maybe something funny, maybe something serious, something that uh, you're encouraged with, you know, in, in your walk with the Lord, maybe anything 
off the top of your head that you can think of that you want to share? Uh, we're just adjusting to uh, having our oldest child off at college. She's been gone a couple of months. Um, and it's awesome, man. She's really, uh, we love her to death. She's a great person inside and out. Uh, and she's super responsible, super helpful. And so we got really used to her driving kids around or, you know, the other siblings around and, um, you know, just helping out a lot and her being gone is, has been a pretty big adjustment for us. Uh, and so, you know, we have two other boys, uh, 10 and 15 and, uh, just making that adjustment to not having Bailey around is, uh, you know, it's just interesting. It's, it's great. We're happy for her. We're excited for her, excited for her journey, uh, where she has it, it, uh, at the university and excited for what the future holds, but we obviously miss her and adjusting to this new normal. So that's been interesting. That's good. Uh, what I've been thinking about, we got back from a conference a couple weeks ago and I just keep thinking about the idea of, of living a life of integrity and character and being the same person, you know, in private as I am with my family, as I am with friends or, or just wherever I am, just kind of being the same person, not, not having a different personality depending on who I'm around but also just how important that is as somebody who does follow Jesus and, and how damaging it can be to people who maybe are far from God if you don't live a life of integrity. And so I've just been thinking about the weight of that and the fact that my decisions, my choices, my words do absolutely matter, um, potentially eternally um, in some cases. And so I've just, I've, that's kind of the thing that I've been kind of rolling around in my head and just kind of thinking through and evaluating my life lately. Um, about how, what that looks like for me to, to be more consistent in all areas of my life so that my life fully honors God and hopefully helps other people. So, Dig it. Yeah, as, as I brought up earlier, you know, we're going through the adoption. Uh, and Lauren and I had a chance to go on vacation last week, and it was, a very, uh, it was very good for us because we had a moment to just soak in, just being together, just me and her, you know, as we kind of prepare for this adoption. And, uh, you know, kind of as we get closer, uh, you know, potentially, you know, this match, uh, you know, goes through in the coming weeks, uh, Lord willing. Um, but it, it was just very, very good for both of us to just, you know, soak in our time together, just me and her, uh, and just get a little bit closer and, you know, enjoy our time together uh, as we prepare for, you know, what what's coming in the future. Uh, don't know when that time comes, but. Uh, you know, it was good for just her and I to connect, uh, you know, and just love each other well uh, up in the mountains. That's awesome, man. I saw a picture of uh, you in the mountains, and it was beautiful. And the, the scenery was really nice as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to uh, expound on that a little bit more, um, uh, maybe we can post a video to the first pod uh, for the podsters <laughs> to see Lauren absolutely <laughs> wrecking herself on a trail. And she hammered the left front brake and went on sailing over bike. the handlebars. Yeah. Uh, she's fine, but uh, yeah. You post that video, you may not be. <laughs> it's a good one, though. It's a good one. Um, yeah. So, so I've been, I've been just kind of um, trying to be more cognizant of of how I take care of myself um, with, with what I eat and and kind of having these gym routines and uh, it really. When are you starting that? Yeah. <laughs> Just How's that golden chicken in front of you tomorrow? It's roasted chicken, so it's, it's at least uh, macro-friendly. But, um, but yeah, so, so um, I work out at, at the gym here in town, um, and they have showers there. And so before uh, this year, I was um, 
you know, I would, I would go to the gym and then I would go home and I would shower and I'd be rushed and I'm thinking, man, I need, I need to come up with a new routine. And so I decided to use the facilities there and, uh, it's really been great. Like I've been able to, to, uh, to just kind of cut down my morning routine a little bit. Um, and they provide soap for you in the shower. And so, you know, when I first went, it was like bag full of stuff, took my own towel, uh, took my own loofah, took, you know, my, my soap, my shampoo, those kinds of things. Uh, and then, you know, as you're there, you kind of get a little bit more relaxed, more comfortable. And, and, uh, are you still having your swimming trunks on? Or yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's a private shower, so it's good. Um, but one time I left my shampoo and body wash in the shower and I was like, I'll get it tomorrow if it's still, well, it wasn't, they clean them. Thank goodness. Um, and then I just was like, well, they, they have this dispenser in the shower, so I'll just, I'll use it. Um, and I have for the past several weeks. And so I'm uh, in the gym this morning and I get in the shower and go to lather and, and there's nothing in the soap dispenser. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't have, I, don't, I literally, I, I didn't have anything. And so I dig in my bag and I found some beard wash. And so I, I lathered my whole body with beard wash today. So that's what I showered with. I showered with it. And um, yeah, and then all I had was an aerosol spray deodorant. Um, and so I sprayed my arms with deodorant. That's what happened. And so I need to know, maybe you guys can help me answer this question. At what age, at what age do you have to feel bad about yourself for using body spray? I think I'd feel worse with the loofah. <laughs> yeah, good call. It's exfoliating. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's not like body spray, body spray. It's it's like deodorant and body spray. Um, and I just, but I kind of do like like three seconds under the arm and then just half a second across the chest as I finish the arm. And so it's kind of like I do wear body spray, but not really. Are, are we using Axe here? It's Old Spice. Old Spice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Old Spice, I mean, fancy. Yeah, I feel like I would church it up a little bit. You know? right. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. only my best. So, anyways, that's what's going on with me. Um, <laughs> that was kind of this morning, and I was like, I don't know how to recover. But so far, it's been it's been. We're at lunch now, and and nobody's really said anything about me smelling like beard wash. But, um, anyways, uh, another thing that I want to address because this is a big news. Not all of us are sports followers. I think three of the four of us are. Um, Josh Green, he has too many kids. He doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does give back to through sports. Right, you're a soccer coach. Yeah, I'm having to coach two soccer teams because they didn't have enough coaches. So good. So thank you for for your commitment to that. Um, even though you don't like sports, but uh, something big happened yesterday. Aaron Judge uh, hit the 62nd home run, which is like fourth down on the list of all time home runs in a single season. But it is the American League home run record. For one season. Dude in Texas catches the ball and he has this dilemma. Okay. And I want to know what you guys would think about this. Would you keep the ball knowing it has just a cool significance of like, Hey, this is, this is a record. Um, you know, it's not tainted by steroids. It is a pure 62 home runs. Would you give it back to Aaron judge knowing that he's the one who put in all the work all season long, or would you try to sell it? So uh, my official position on this is that it's football season right now. Uh, and the only reason why I know that Aaron Judge hits a home run is because they keep butting into football games to show him uh, at bat, which is extremely annoying. 
so I enjoy baseball. I don't love baseball. If I was to, I do go to the games uh, from time to time, uh, and I have a blast. I love it. But I'm a football guy through and through. If I happened to catch that ball, uh, I would sell it fat before I ever got out of that stadium. I would have uh, started taking bids on that. Uh, and if Aaron Judge wanted to pay for it, he sure could um, <laughs> as well. Uh, but I would, uh, I'd flip that thing. I, I understand somebody who's really into baseball hanging on to something like that. But for me, I'd flip it quick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Randy on that one. Uh, I mean, if you have the talent to catch the ball, you know, <laughs> off of Aaron Judge's bat, yeah. then I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm, 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 but I, it was frustrating that ESPN kept chiming him in yeah. to strike out exactly. on every other at bat before he hit those home runs. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm selling that thing. So the guy's name that the, the Mark McGuire one – in the nineties, the guy's was name, was <laughs> the guy's name that caught Mark McGuire's home run ball. Oh, no. I don't remember his name, but the story is he held on to it for a couple weeks and sold it for like three million bucks. And so I think you kind of do what Randy said and you start taking some bids and you give it a second and see where it goes. I don't have any sentimental value attached to that, so I would make the most profit. Hopefully, I love all sports, um, but I am an avid fan of baseball. Um, but I just I could not I couldn't keep it I would have to sell it I mean that's a life change they said that the minute that ball was caught the minute it went over the fence it was worth about two million dollars crazy I would sell it for twenty thousand dollars what if it was a Texas Ranger that hit that I know oh, you're dude. a big Ranger fan but I know even but that's still. like a, that's like that I would feel I would feel guilty like like convicted that I wouldn't set my family up for success you know what I'm saying like. Yeah. Like I would take a picture of it, and I would probably be like, "Give me some tickets and stuff like that." Which Here's another who question. wants tickets to the Rangers? What if Nelson Cruz would have caught that fly ball? Oh. Okay, I'm going to try to find the mute button. <laughs> I do have a quick follow up in one of uh, the bigger debates right now: Is he the all-time leader because the top three use steroids? That's the allegation. Uh, but just opinion. I mean, a home run's still a home run. What do you think? I feel like I mean, um, you know that that guy. What was that guy's name? Mark McGuire. That guy. <laughs> That's not what I said, Josh. Uh, you know, you still got to hit the ball over the fence. You still got to have the, you know, the hand-eye coordination. There's a, there's a lot that goes into. It. I think I'm probably in the minority, especially as as a big baseball fan. But to me, it was just it was another home run. Uh, and and you know, it seems like it seems like everything can be asterisked like. The most is, is the most home runs hit by an American League player who ended the season at the ballpark in Arlington or Ranger Stadium or what? You know, I, I just feel like those things are kind of weird, anyways. You know, but I, I, I guess it's a milestone. Whatever the Yankees want it to be a milestone, so let them be idiots. We can edit that out. <laughs> I don't like the Yankees. Um, that goes back from when I was a kid. Here is here is a fun fact, though. Um, about that home run. So Aaron Judge wears number 99. Not many people in baseball wear that number or have worn that number, but it's his. It's been his since he's been a rookie. Um, And he hit home run number 62 yesterday. So 99 hit 62. I'll give you one guess. I think you only need one guess what the Yankees' record is after their loss to the Rangers last night when he hit that home run. His number plus number of home runs, <laughs> 99 and 62. Yeah. 99 hit home run number 62, and their record is 99 and 62. 99 wins, 62 losses. Wow. Those kind of things It's a conspiracy. Uh, yeah. 
One last thing about the Aaron Judge home run, and then we can we can move on and, and wrap things up. But um, did y'all see there was a kid that was literally hanging over the guardrail when the ball was hit over the fence? It was probably 15 feet to his right, but he, like, jumped in between the the the, the stands and the fence so that if it fell down there, he would be able to get it. Would you do anything like that? If you knew, like, yes. the ball's coming off the bat, yeah. two million bucks. I got a chance at two million bucks if this one person, because it was it was hit at the front row. I think I would have missed it. It would have fallen into that well down there, and he would have been down there to get it. Would you do that? Yes. Well, hey, listen, I, maybe, maybe we can just kind of have a, a quick conversation now. I know I know we have to wrap it up soon, but um, I'm not really in on music, worship music, really. I, Josh gives me a hard time almost equally as much about about my my taste in. <laughs> Worship music as he does about my taste in notebooks and pencils and pens. But um, this, this kind of, I guess, rocked the, uh, the Christian worship scene. Um, you know, Maverick City is um, this, this really popular worship band. You could probably speak more. I think you guys sing a lot of their songs, and they have some, some pretty good ones. Uh, my favorite is Dry Rub. It's <laughs> my favorite. Very popular. Very popular. Um, Can you sing that for us so we know what we're no, talking I about? Can't, I can't okay. sing. Not paid enough. Um, but one of their really popular artists uh, was asked to, to leave their, um, their ministry, I guess, um, because of a, a video that surfaced a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and he's kind of been under some scrutiny for... Um, for a number of months, I guess. Uh, his name is Dante Bo. Uh, and so the, the video was him in a party bus with some other Christian friends, and he was singing a song that was uh, unbecoming, really, of, of the gospel um, and, and, and his faith. And so um, it went public. Maverick City saw it and uh, reprimanded him publicly, asked him to step back for just a little bit, um, and, and he did. And so um, a, a few things. Number one, have you ever been on a party bus? That would be my first question. No. So, yeah. <laughs> we, our whole family, so my wife, um, her two sisters and their families, uh, her parents, there was maybe almost 20 of us going on this trip. We fly into Florida, and uh, my father-in-law wants to get a big bus to take us to our hotel, but he didn't realize he... He ordered a party bus, so the whole family with little kids is pick. They pick us up from the airport, and there's a stripper pole in the middle of this bus. And uh, one of my sons, Gideon, actually licked the pole because he was five. (laughs) It was a super swanky bus. I was actually there as well. Um, So, so thankfully, that's not the only thing that would get you disqualified from ministry because you or I neither would be in ministry. Um, So, so I, I think really what what maybe we can discuss is just kind of the idea of maybe the, the standards that, that a platform like his puts on somebody. Um, and if, if you feel like that's, that's fair, um, you know, to, to uphold him, like, like you may uphold, um, you know, the office of a pastor or something like that. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of responses on, on both sides of the fence where, um, you know, people are almost dismissing um, what he was saying. And I, I won't, I won't say what it is. It was, it was, it's pretty dirty. Um, and, um, you know, and, and just kind of were like, Hey, it's no big deal. Like we all sin, we all do these things. Um, you know, have grace, let him, let him do his thing. And then on the other side of the coin, you have a lot of people who are like, he shouldn't have been there anyways. He said some things at the Grammys, uh, where he had a platform for Christ and he failed. Um, you know, he won a Grammy, a talented guy. I, I couldn't tell you what songs he sings, but, um, 
was at the Grammys. They asked him, what are you most looking forward to? Um, and he said, man, I'm, I'm most looking forward to, uh, to seeing Lil Nas X perform. I don't know if you guys know who that yes. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not, yeah, not really. Um, I think he's demonic and, you know, mm-hmm. all those all those things. And, and so he had this platform and, and they're like, man, this is strike two and strike two, you're out because they've never played baseball before. Um, <laughs> and they don't know how it works. So I, I would just like to hear maybe your opinion on it. Um, again, we're not really the authority on anything, but I, I feel like just, just the idea of, of grace and, and, you know, fairly measuring that grace, obviously, um, you know, God has given us grace upon grace and, and we don't deserve any of it. Um, but how does that work? Like in, in our circles, in the Christian circles, what, what do you think, that should look like? Well, so for those who don't know, Dante Bo is most famous for writing the song Shout to the Lord. And so, just kidding. He didn't I was like, really? <laughs> Y'all actually believe me. I had no idea. I'm telling you, when I tell I've you, never I heard, know. I've never heard of Maverick City until yeah. this. No, Seriously. really? I've Dead serious. Dead serious. You've most assuredly heard their song. I'm sure I have. Yeah. I'm sure I have. You've probably pushed Power on the Volume or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think God. That's a Maverick City song. I don't know which one that is. I would know it about You've worked the lyrics on that. So that's been kind of the joke. Uh, I do work the lyrics sometimes, uh, and there's been more than one occasion where I'd never heard the song before, and I'm working the (laughs) lyrics for them. But I can figure it out pretty quick. But anyway, go ahead. So I think I think this whole topic though goes back to what I said earlier about character and integrity that it absolutely matters especially as a follower of Christ it matters as a man I mean it, it just matters it has a huge influence but I think too the the more famous or well known you get especially for being a follower of Christ the more that your behavior your words your actions are under a microscope and they the the implications of your decisions have you know far reaching effects and so I think the standard, no matter if you're famous or not, really should be that we live a life of character and integrity. Um, but, but something that I could probably get away with, somebody who's a famous you know, Christian artist might not be able to get away with because there's more people scrutinizing them. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's kind of that's part of it. You know? like if, if you're going to be famous or kind of put yourself out there, you know that you're going to be under the microscope more than somebody else. And, and that, that kind of is the responsibility you're agreeing to. No, I agree. Uh, I think we, you know, we still show grace, you know, as Christ showed, showed grace to us uh, each and every day and every single day. Uh, he probably had a weak moment. He probably, you know, wasn't in the word and prayer as much as he should have been, you know, kind of at the level he is. Um, and then that that you know showed you know in a in a weak moment where he fell, um, but at the same time you know he's I just looked on Spotify they have two point seven monthly million uh, active listeners yeah. so their audience is huge um, and he still has a lot of influence uh, so you know he I think we still show him grace like I said and. Um, you know, it's just one of those times where he probably just needs to step back, you know, dig deep, uh, pray, you know, dig back into the word and, and get kind of reconnected to God, uh, you know, where, where he's at and what moment he's in right now. Yeah, I would just say, too, it sounds like, and again, I have no clue who this dude is or what he's done or anything about him. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't study for this test very well. Uh, but it does sound like there maybe is a history, too, of, of, uh, of things that are probably red flags. And so... They probably has show, have showed him a lot of grace over the years, and at some point, um, you know, those consequences catch up to you. You know, 
Uh, and I do agree that, you know, when you have that kind of platform, I mean, fair or not, um, you know, when you are that well-known and have that much influence, you are held to a higher standard. Um, again, fair or not fair, well, we should all be held to the same standard. But um, obviously, if he's got issues, uh, the consequences, as has already been stated, I mean, the ripple effect is a whole lot bigger than if somebody, you know, that nobody knows has an issue. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, sounds like there's been ongoing issues, and it was just a matter of time, and this was the the uh, straw that broke the camel's back, as somebody says somewhere, probably. <laughs> no, I think those those are good words. Uh, let me ask you, ask you this. I think all of us, uh, to some capacity, serve in... Um, a ministry leadership role. Um, Hunter serves with with the youth at, at his church, and and um, the, the three others we, we go to um, the church. Josh and I are um, in a pastoral capacity, and Randy is actually um, in an authoritative capacity as well <laughs> there. And so, um, and, and Randy's been in vocational ministry before. But do do you guys feel like there is like that there's this this pressure that ministry brings to where like do do you feel this this overwhelming sense to um to always be on guard especially now like um the dude was was in a bus full of christians and a song came on the radio um i wonder i wonder if we've ever done that you know what i'm saying like sang a song that we probably shouldn't sing or you know listened to a podcast that like this one was was nonsensical <laughs> and um but but do you feel like there's there's pressure on you as a leader in ministry to be a certain type of way um just so that, I mean, like people don't leave the faith or be discouraged or, or whatever. I heard a pastor one time talk about, you know, primary and secondary motivations. So at the end of the day, um, we should want to serve the Lord out of a pure heart, right? And just uh, the fact that God is so freely given to us um, and forgiven us when we didn't deserve, we in turn worship that God and freely lay down our life to serve Him. That's a primary motivation. Um, I, I don't think it's, I think there is extra, um, pressure on ministry staff to handle things well and to, uh, be above reproach. I mean, the Bible would say that. Uh, so I do think that pressure is there at the end of the day. Those are all secondary motivations. You know, if you don't do something just because you're on ministry staff, I think that's a, that's, you know, a reason to give pause and kind of think that through and kind of search your heart on that. At the same time, if being uh, in a position of authority and leadership stops you from doing something uh, that would get you in all kinds of trouble, I still think it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing that that thing stops you, but I do think you got to do the hard work at that point and really kind of get to the bottom of why you would want to do that if you weren't in a position of authority um, and get back to more of that primary motivation than that secondary motivation. That's good. Yeah, good word. Good word. Cool. Do you have anything, Josh? Yeah, so the only thing I would add to that um, is that there is, an, I think, an added probably responsibility and accountability being in a small town and being in a pastoral role especially. I think those two things kind of elevate that position even more just because everybody, you know, might like there might be people who just know who you are because it's a small town and everybody knows everybody. So I do think there's an added responsibility to, to be above reproach, which is what Scripture already calls us to. Um, and so there's an added maybe weight to that. But what I've learned is like the more I really pursue God on a personal level, not because I have to or because it's my job, but because I'm a child of God, the more I pursue God like that and the more I really take serious work and rest rhythms. And if I'm resting well, it tends to empower me to 
to carry some of that responsibility and that weight better when I'm not. And so I, I literally try to unplug actively um, Fridays and Saturdays as much as I can. Like it's not all day, but like I try to have these moments where I'm really unplugging and, and reconnecting with the Lord and really recharging and making sure that my heart, my mind is in a good spot so that I can live the life that I feel like God's called me to live because it is a weighty calling, but it's good and it's worth it. So that's kind of how I help manage some of that stuff too, is I really do a lot of soul care care and personal care to make sure I can do the things that I think God's called me to do. That's good. Hunter, you have anything? Yeah. I mean, especially I, I teach junior high boys and of course the influence uh, with them is extremely high because, you know, they're looking up to older people, you know, they see exactly what we do, what we do in public. So it puts a hyper focus on me, uh, you know, to to act, you know, like a like a follower of God in any capacity, you know, wherever I'm at. So, you know, it just puts a hyper focus on that, and um, you know, it's a game changer. You know, when we see those kids change, when they see us and they recognize, you know, us in the public, you know, acting like we should. You know, not that there's a certain way that we should act, but you know. Um, as followers of Christ, we are held to a higher standard, uh, especially in the world that we're living in now. Um, it's just a, every corner that you turn, it's, um, yeah, it's a tough, tough world to live in as a believer right now. Um, but you know, we, like we've talked about, we have that, that higher standard to, you know, to follow and to set. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a blessing for sure to be a part of that. And, um, yeah. Cool. Well, well spoken. Great job. I feel like uh, I don't really have anything else to talk about. Got Me neither. That's it. So how should well, we? Big well, gulp, huh? Big gulp. Yeah. Well, do you know? See listen here. Favorite all-time so, movie quote to end it. Um, before we get to that, you can you can give yours. I'm I'm enthralled to hear it. But um, that big gulp um, comes from <laughs> the big gulp quote comes from. Dumb and Dumber, one of the greatest movies of all time. A goat movie. Not the, but one of the. Uh, And he actually, Jim Carrey, when uh, he said that line, it was actually an improv line. It wasn't written in the script. He was in there, got his big gulp, came out, saw those dudes, and they were probably just as confused. (laughs) And so they were like, okay. Um, But yeah, it was a great great line. Um, But it was an improv line. It's good. It's good. Some of the best things are born out of nothing. Maybe best dumb and dumber lines what we should end with. We're really doing it, hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, I appreciate all the work that you've put into uh, preparing this. Um, I keep waiting for you to put this much initiative into your actual ministry as well. <laughs> but the effort that you've put into this has been uh, great, and I appreciate it. Yeah, good work, dude. Yeah, that's funny. The uh, first and second time you said it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take a lot of work. just uh, plugging some chords in and uh, writing some things down. So, um, yeah. Can't so, believe you typed it and didn't write us all. Well, on, on stationary. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's, it's with my, um, yeah, it's with, it's with pen and paper. Uh, but I thought you guys would want to read it. And I didn't want to get made fun of. But, but, but you did. Swung and missed there, right? <laughs> That's fine. Uh, all right. Any, any parting bits of wisdom? I was just going to do a Dumb and Dumber quote. Oh, we got a Dumb and Dumber quote. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Is it Harry? Uh, I thought the Rockies would be a whole lot rockier than this. (laughs) (laughs) They're in Nebraska. (laughs) And Josh's uh, new nickname is the Podfather because he's the leader of the podcast. Yes, Lyle's the Podfather.
The Podfather. Uh, we're actually trying to figure out a name for the podcast. We've we've tossed about some things, um, and uh, I'm not sure exactly what we've landed on. Tossed yet. about is a good name. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good one. The Rabble. the Rabble, the Rabble Squad, Pod God Squad, Men of Pod, Men of God. I enjoyed today. I thought it was really good, and uh, you know, it was a lot of seriousness. So I, I can promise more sarcasm and more disses good. in the future. Can guarantee that. I was really hoping for that, um, yeah. and hopefully we come back. Like I know. We weren't all in on it, maybe, Josh. But yeah, just hoping for a fourth microphone next time. <laughs> yeah, man, that's on yeah. me. That's on me. We have some. Yeah. To be honest with you, I have no idea how this sounds. It sounds okay in my my ear. I'm, I'm sure only one with fine. headphones. Yeah. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure that both it. people that hear it will really enjoy it. <laughs> Hi, mom. Love you. Thanks for supporting. Grandma, I'll be home a little bit later. <laughs> Don't wait up for me. <laughs> cool. Well, maybe next time uh, we'll have another um, another fun podcast, and we can learn a little bit more about each other. Yeah. For our listeners, or listener, however many. Um, and I'm sure something cool will happen between now and then that we can we can discuss. Maybe some other sports. So if you want to start watching sports between now and then, Josh, we, yeah, can, we can do that. We can talk poli- politics. That's a crowd pleaser. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for being here, gentlemen. Thanks for being out there, whoever you are. And until next time. Well, see you later. Well. Big gulps, eh? (laughs) See you later.